Are you ready? Can't the New York Jets can beat anybody in the world, and I think we're gonna win next Sunday. The New York Jets. I think Jet fans. Jet fans. Jet fans. Burn, very passionate. Thank you, all you fans. They got their guy. Darnold falling to the Jets. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. That's such an upside. I think Jet fans. Very passionate. Brady sucks. Don't be sucks. Don't We will now join part two of our interview with CJ and Carlos of the Jet Factor podcast. It ain't the situation kind uh, of got heavy on me. All right, guys, we're going to shift gears here now. And there's a, you know, the general manager of the New York Jets on our podcast has been much maligned. I've never been able to talk to these two gentlemen about their views on Mikey Mack, if he's done a good job over his tenure here or not. But how I kind of look at it, guys, when it comes to general managers, how you kind of grade them is the draft. That, that's kind of, to me, where most general managers kind of make their head. And you look at trades, you look at free agency, you look at kind of the coaches they bring in. When, you come, when it comes to McCagnin, as we all know, he had no choice with Bowles, because Bowles got brought in before McCagnin, or got it right, right, right on the same time, I should say. In these past four years, and I am sure you guys have documented this on your podcast and talked about it, when it comes to the NFL draft and how well he's done and you know, the successes we've had, few and far between. When it comes to good draft picks, um, and even if you go back to 2015, we had Leo Williams, and then every single other guy we trapped is not on the team anymore. Um, there's not that many guys when you run. There's guys that are still on the team, like Shell. I think Jenkins wasn't a bad pick. But guys, when we're talking about Mikey Mack, let's just get into the draft picks first and how he's done when it comes to the drafts for the Jets. I don't think he's taken as much criticism as he probably should have for the talent level. I know Bowles was not a great coach. Um, you know, our record with Bowles, excuse me, our record with Mikey Mack and Bowles is 24 and 24 and 40. But there's a lack of talent we've had. And the lack of talent comes from bad free agent time, comes from bad drafts. And you can't look at any draft year he's had so far, guys. Now, one year, 15, 16, 17, or 18. Now, 18 might be like a to-be-determined still. I totally get it. I think Herndon was great. We're going to have to see what happens with Nickerson. Cannon looked okay. The preseason looked kind of okay when he was in there. And, of course, the crown jewel of the franchise, the golden child, the chosen one. was drafted last year, Sam Darnold. But that's, that's a to-be-determined. All these other years, guys. Trash. The draft? <laughs> Giant whiff to me. The reason we lack talent is because of his bad drafting. And I think that's his biggest weakness so far that I look at when I come to Mike McCagden is his ability to scout guys and draft guys. And why that's disconcerting is because all of his jobs prior to this was doing what? He was a scout. Um, what do you guys think when it comes to Mikey Mack, when it comes to the drafts? Is there anyone besides Jamal Adams that you think really stands out as a great pick? Or do you think there's anybody that I'm overlooking that was a good pick? Oh, you're this one off. Oh my goodness, so this is a recurring topic on our show. Oh, here we go. I, I, that's why I bring it up. That's why I bring it up. These... I'm owning my flamethrower right now. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm basically just going to come in with a napalm missile. <laughs> <laughs> Leo Williams fell kind of a lapse. I've said the same thing. I think sometimes, and I want to hear what you guys think about this. Don't we kind of look at Leo Williams for whatever reason as a better player than he actually is? Like, because he's only had, what, how many sacks in his whole career? He's had like a handful of sacks, and it just, it sometimes seems like we overrate him. And I didn't mean to interrupt you, but it's, it's kind of a thing I've talked about a lot on our podcast, is that we even give credit to that pick, and even that pick, even though he fell to us, he's kind of been a little underwhelming in his tenure as a Jet, too. Yeah, to say the least, he's not, he's not maximized his potential. He's not second quarterback. He's, he's an average grade of C for that pick. Look at our second rounds where you're gonna never know you get any worse and then you watch the AAF and you find yourself that we 
Garbage, garbage, garbage. Have you seen him throw the ball for us? I swear to God, it went backwards somehow on his ass. Mm. Yeah, yeah, like, I don't even know how he was targeting, but he was targeting. And all of a sudden, I'm picking where Mike was sitting there in the room, thinking, I am the smartest in this room. I am going to pick Christian Hackenberg, and this is going to be a great quarterback project. And he was out of the league in two years, and he couldn't even land on a practice squad this past year. You know, Darren Lee, what do you think about that? And it's like, really? Not great. No. What about him not being the Jet this year? Yeah. And you go further down the draft. No, I agree with you 100%. Max's biggest weakness is the draft. We'll see what happens with this year. We got Sam Darnold. He seems to kind of get those first round picks. 12 Adams, that's a good one. But man, outside of those top three picks he's had, he's not much better than John Henson. What's funny is that we drafted, like, I watched him and you guys probably saw it in Penn State. He was one of the rare college quarterbacks that played worse. As he went through college, you almost never see it. I'm like, this guy's like, uh, just last year was not that good a player. We drafted him. Mike called me, and I was I was beside. I was like, what? This guy is a fifth or sixth round quarterback, maybe. Right. If you're, if, guys, you don't you don't see quarterbacks who are inaccurate in college go to the NFL and improve on accuracy. And then people are hoping Josh Allen with the Bills is going to become accurate. Guess what? He's not. He's going to throw the ball over the field the whole time and be the white Cam Newton. He's never going to be able to throw the ball to anyone. No. And the Hackenberg pick especially stands out. We had a podcast once, me and Mike. We talked about the best picks and the worst picks in, like, the history of the Jets. Like, going back to the yesteryear, you know. And Mike's worst pick of all time because Mike has a deep, even though he's a, he's a he's a very God-faring man, Mike, a deep-seated hatred for Christian Hackenberg. And at any point Mike can, he will bury him completely, which I'm surprised he hasn't mentioned his name yet. But, CJ, what do you think? When it comes to, when it comes to Mikey Mack, the drafts, I'm assuming you agree with your partner there. Not that great of a tenure so far when it comes to the drafts. No, I could actually make a rock-solid argument that when Todd Bowles' ass was fired, Mike McCacken should have been shown the door right behind him. But there's no amount of pissing, moaning, and complaining that will change the fact that Mike McCacken is still our general manager. And I don't know what planet he comes from. But, you know, in the first round, sure, you know, you can point out Jamal Adams in the second round when Jamal Adams was drafted. You could also point out Marcus May. Yep. You know, this is an argument that I have with a lot of people, and everybody you know, still still seems to rag on me for it, but I'm not getting off of this soapbox. If you actually go and take a look at Jamal Adams and Marcus May's rookie year, okay, Marcus May was actually on pace to have a better rookie season than Jamal Adams before he got hurt. And had he probably not have gotten hurt, I wouldn't be surprised if he would have actually gotten quite a few votes uh, to make it to the Pro Bowl as a safety. But, you know, Marcus May is still, unfortunately, going into his third year now. He's still got that big question mark over his head. I hope that that kid comes back hungry. I hope that kid comes back 100% healthy because let me tell you something. Jamal Adams wants dogs. Marcus May is a dog. Uh, I can tell you something. Watching him out of the University of Florida. Uh, but as far as his other draft picks, I mean, come on. You have Ardarius Stewart and Chad Hansen, two wide receivers that were selected last year. They're not even in the fucking league. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the hack hive. Oh, my goodness. Do you remember that? Yes. Oh, you're stupid because what you're seeing with his accuracy is right. It's really his offensive line. Oh, my yeah. God. Oh, 
I remember that. The hack hive would go. I would go crazy. Oh my goodness, the hack hive would just drive me absolutely insane. But CJ, you know, and I'm glad what you said. So you said you thought that uh, Mike McCagney should have been gone with Todd Bowles, and I hear what you're saying about how you feel about Mike McCagney. Now, I'm going to th- say something now here, and I know I'm going to get attacked, but I've got metrics to back it up. Oh, here we go! So, Give me the metrics, go. Mike! No, no, because here we go. Here we go. I'm going to get to the raw, real deal. Now, according to the Riot Report, and I can send you guys all a copy of this, only 53% of first-round picks ever make it to their second contract. Okay? Okay, now... So that means I believe that that. about roughly first round picks, 50% of them actually are a success. Now, break it, breaking it down even further, you know, at one through five, you have a 70% success rate, six through 10, 50, 11 through 15, 50, one, 16 through 20, 47, and so on and so forth. Okay. So we look at Max drafts and he's had four first round picks. I would say right now, Hopefully, Sam and Adams are hits, and we know that Lee is not a hit. And Leo, I agree with what you guys said about Leo. I don't think he was worth the sixth pick, but he's not a bad. He's not bad at what he does, right? He could be better, and he needs to be better for where he was drafted. But I would, if you want to say he's a miss, that's fine. So if Adams and Sam hit right now, he's batting per par of the course, right? Now, also in this report, it says that of every draft, usually only one or two players of the draft end up making it making it to their second contract. So going through the list, going through the list here, uh, May and Adams, like you said, in 17, Sam and Herndon, hopefully in 18, we're not sure yet. 16, Shell and JJ. Shell is not a great right tackle. He's decent. And Jordan Jenkins is a decent uh, uh, pick for the third round, okay? And then you had Leo. So, he has not... And and then, let's not talk about how he did pick Robbie Anderson undrafted, and he's, you know, on that... You know, he's not a pro bowler, but he's getting there. And obviously, it did take scouting talent to grab a guy like that out of Temple. So, I say that to say he has not been good in the draft, according to you know, Darius Stewart and everything like that. That was because his coaches wanted him, whatever. I don't, in the end, the buck stops with you. But I'm not going to say he's been completely horrendous in the draft. But what I will say is this, CJ, you said we shouldn't have kept him. I would say that his drafting is his worst quality. I would say his ability to keep the team flexible, his ability to stay on course as far as his rebuilding plan, his ability to continue to improve the team is a far better option than leaving it to to Woody Johnson and his brother to pick another general manager and potentially do what the Giants did with Gettleman, right? This this is what happens. You you open yourself up to oh let's just go. You don't know what this GM is going to do. Gettleman came in there and single handedly destroyed that franchise. I mean it was going down already. But he just helped it on its way down, as we talked about on the last show. Do you guys remember Mike Tannenbaum with those contracts with for Sanchez and those contracts that he locked us up? We couldn't do anything fiscally, right? John Isaac. 
you know, so I look at I look at at, at our at our GM, and I understand that he has struggled in the draft, and I understand that he, you know, may get better. Hopefully, he sees his faults and potentially improves in that aspect. But I love the fact that yes, he came in there, he tried to get. Uh, talent and win right away. Got the contract to to to, to Revis. Got the contract, you know, the, the and got traded for Marshall for a fifth round pick. Tried to get them, and it, you know, they got one ten games. They're like, oh wow, well let's go ahead and try to do it again. It didn't work, so they blew it up. He laid out to the ownership, this is what I'm going to do. He tore the team down in 17. He found the quarterback in 18. He starts building the team around him in 19. And hopefully in 2020, we're a Super Bowl contender. His trades have been on point. The fifth round pick for Marshall. Fitzpatrick, he got a sixth pick. And Fitzpatrick had one of the top uh, uh, statistic uh, years of any Jet quarterback in history. Demario, he got for Calvin Pryor trade. Henry, her, uh, Henry Anderson, he got for a seventh. Curse, he got for a second. Uh, Curse and a second round pick that he got for Sheldon that he turned around and got ended up trading up for Sam Darnold, right? Got a third pick for Teddy Bridgewater. I have been very, very happy. What he just did with Osemele. His trades have been on point, okay? I've A lot of the moves that he's done, I look at in free agency. Carlos, I know you weren't feeling his second round. His first round... He, we just got Le'Veon Bell. We got Le'Veon Bell and C.J. Mosley, the two most talented players in free agency. That's a home run, okay? So so I look at McCagnan, and I get it with the drafting, but this t- this team is on course. Hey, Wookie better not be shaking his head. He's a Giant fan. Now, hold on, Mike. Hold on. Let me, let me, he, he better not be shaking let's his back, head. Let's this back up. This team is on course My brain to be a success. No, no. And That's I what just happened right there, Mike. I had an aneurysm. What was the right move? Because you potentially you could have went and got like a, a Gettleman and absolutely destroyed the direction of our rebuilding. Well, we know we know for whatever reason Gettleman obviously was hired by some team that hates the Giants to make your team as bad as possible. We'll get into that another time. Uh, but Mike, let's backtrack for a second when it comes to the draft. Now you, Carlos has a theory over here that Mike Francesa is probably like the shadow GM of the Giants. What do you think about? Let's tell you something. Hold on a second. Now, I, first of all, I love a, a good conspiracy theory. More than the next man. More than mostly everybody. And when it comes to the things that come out of Francesca's mouth, then correlate that with the things the Giants actually do, it's very strange. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. Both of those gentlemen, Gettleman and Francesca, can both get sweet chin music if I ever see (laughs) (laughs) Sweet chin music! If I ever see them live, they're getting throw shots. I would love to hear. I would love to hear what CJ would have to say. What I just said about Mac. Look, I have big Mac props for the for the deals he's made. And Mike, you you came on point with a with a lot of facts, and you have a lot of metrics to back it up. And I get it. I totally get the metrics. This is the issue that gets stuck in my craw, dude. Twenty four and forty as a GM. You've had three plus years of a hundred a hundred plus million dollars in cap space. And you have fixed a talent-deficient roster through free agency and still finished sub-500, save for your very first year with Tenet Sands with, with Ryan Fitzpatrick. But the thing, but but you remember that that first year, 
they went 10 and 6. They didn't think that they were going to go 10 and 6. They went 10 and 6 and said, well, hey, we were competitive. Why don't we be competitive again? So they went and did it again. And I'm not sure if ownership, I'm not sure if your ownership did that, but it wasn't after the second year until the rebuild started. We are into year three of a rebuild. It usually takes about two to three years to actually turn a team around. This year is the year we need to see results. Not last year, not the year before. This year, and that's why I'm saying let's let's hold our crazy our judgments on Mac until this year. And I think getting Le'Veon Bell and getting and getting CJ Mosley and doing the things that he's doing, and hopefully he nails this draft like we talked about on your show. He has to nail this draft. This draft is going to be everything for his future. Yes, based on based on this offseason, I hope McCagnan is Gettleman in disguise at this point. Stop it. He's so much better than what Gettleman's done so far. Dude, I, will like, I hope I hope McCagan's gonna pull his face, his mask off, and just gonna be Gettleman. Ha ha! And I would have gotten away with it, with it too, if it wasn't for you, Jets. Then, Mike, one thing I want to get to you: you threw a lot of metrics and stats out there that were your best possible effort to spin Mike McCagan somehow into a competent drafter when it comes to the NFL draft. Um, I could have did the same thing. That's why I wanted for GM. Yeah, and people say to you that you know, well, fifty-three percent of first-round picks. And this percent of these picks and this, that, and the other thing, what you're doing is you're taking 32 teams in the NFL, you're making an average from those teams, and we all know that the best five, six, seven teams, they're not drafting at a 50% clip. They're not, they're not drafting at the, like, the Patriots, these good teams. They drafted a high clip. Like, so when we're saying, oh, he's at least average, well, yeah. guess what? If we want to be good, he has to be better than that. <laughs> so I don't, I don't care if he's average. Yes. To, if you, you could take whatever metric you want to do. I know in 2015 he drafted... Devin Smith in the second round. You don't even know who he is, do you? No, I didn't. Because you know why he washed your car yesterday? No, he wiped well, your car Well, he got down hurt. Well, Keith, he got hurt. He took five dollars yesterday. He but, got. He was hurt, Keith. You can't really check that. He, wait, Mike, he was Mike, hurt. he it's was hurt. He Mike, Mike, hold on, Mike, Mike, Mike. He was hurt. Then what happened when he came back? The first game he came back, he fumbled the kickoff. Do you remember that? Versus the Bills, they returned for a touchdown. I watched it happen right in front of me. Don't even bring up Devin Smith and act like just because he was hurt, why he's bad. He was bad because he wasn't good. He stunk as a player. That's why he wasn't good. They also drafted Lorenzo Molden, Bryce Petty. Jarvis Harrison, Deion Smith the same year. Does anyone even know who any of those guys are? No, you don't, do you? The next year, they drafted Maybe, maybe the, AA, Burris, the AAF. Edwards, Peak, Derek Jones, Dylan Donahue, Jordan Leggett, Chad Hansen, Adarius Stewart. Mike, why are you even coming on here pretending like he even is remotely good at drafting when you're grasping at straws when Jamal Adams... Did you not... Keith, did you not hear what I said? I didn't say that he was a good drafter. I said that that firing him was not the right you direction. You said he wasn't bad. You started your whole rant off before the end, before before hedging your bets at the end of what you said. You started your whole rant off by saying, I don't think he's actually as bad as you think. And here's what. Guys from four years ago, one guy's left on the team. So what, what, what that means what that means is that every single other player on our team after 2016, every single one either we traded for or was a free agent or we, or we drafted after that year. You know how bad that is? Can you even quantify how bad that is? It's horrible. And guess what, Keith? Your franchise quarterback was drafted by this guy. So just, you know what? I'll deal. I, I think the decision to get rid of him was not the right decision. Keep us on track through the rebuild. The, the, I don't trust ownership to get us the good, right GM. I don't trust them. If you do so, if you're a bad GM and your team stinks and you end up having a high pick, then because of that, draft the quarterback... I have to give you kudos for drafting the quarterback, but the situation they put themselves in lent themselves to that. It's, it's like his own Agreed. failures Agreed. lent themselves to helping you're himself right. last year. So you're when right. you're like, oh, it's so amazing. We moved up and his trades he's done, as we talked about, Mike, the trades Mike Maggie Mack has done, that's his only saving grace. Okay, because you, you went through them all, and all the ones I wrote down, Mike, that I thought were the most impactful trades 
and the ones he did a great job with, most of the trades have been pretty good. So I'm, I have nothing to say about that. And I agree with that. But then there's another facet of your job. It's called free agency. Now, in the past, when it comes to Mikey Mack, re-signing Muhammad Wilkerson to that monster contract, that didn't work out so well. They re-signed Revis to this huge contract, that didn't work out so well. They, one thing he kind of did that was smart is he didn't sign Fitzpatrick to some long contract. That was a good one. But he came back the next year after we signed him. He was garbage. Okay, last year, Tremaine Johnson, we gave him $72 million. The first half of the season, he was one of the worst players in the whole league. So, I mean, a lot of the facets of being a general manager, to me, I don't think he's done a great job at, but he's gotten kind of this free pass because the coach gets canned, like CJ said, but the GM stays. Which yeah, you almost weird. You almost never see that happen, that a coach gets canned and the GM came in the same time as him, and he gets to live. And the reason why, Mike, of all the crap we just talked, all the good picks, all the bad picks, it's because of one player he drafted, and it's Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold, as we all know, one player, one guy is the reason this dude got to stay this year is because he made the move last year, traded the seconds, traded the sixth pick, which to me doesn't even seem like that much, you know, because we ended up getting one of those seconds in the trade for Sheldon. He made a good trade last year with Bridgewater, so we have an extra third this year. So... That one player is kind of a saving grace to his drafts. And as a GM as a whole, Mike, his entire tenure, and I'm sure the, I'm sure CJ, I'm sure Carlos agrees, his whole tenure, everything about Mikey Mack retrospectively 20 years from now, how we'll look at it is through how good Sam Darnold plays the next couple years. Yeah. That's basically it. Absolutely. To me. 100% agree. I'm going to add one thing, though. I'm, I'm, I'm in Mack's defense slightly, so I think CJ, he wanted to fire him. I, I could have he didn't just have Darnold land in his lap this last year. He actually did make a big to go get a quarterback, whether he thought that was Mayfield or Darnold or whatever that's sitting there. Yep. He made a move that was his get out of jail free card and got and kept his job alive for 30 years. And maybe it's self preservation, but it's given us a little bit of hope. Uh, I agree with the trades aspect and also, you know, our draft of free agents also key for Matt. He's got to nail the draft. We won't know that. The, the, the issue I have with your argument, Mike, is you were, you were misrepresenting by saying, okay, so the top round is 50% hit rate, so max average there. How about the rest of the rounds? None of these guys are on the roster, and you can't build depth on the roster. You can't have great special teams without building through those later rounds of the draft. And we're left to rest of talent, having to sign free well, agents for three years of poor drafting and later well, what I was saying is that in the report it said that on average, one to two players make it to their second contract from any draft. That's well, you're right, and that and he's not he and and that you and Keith and CJ are all correct in that, and and I agree he's not a good he hasn't been good, but if you look at what he's his hits so far, it's about average compared to the rest of the league, and you're dealing with crappy GMs and good GMs, so he's like. In the middle, basically. And so, I, I, you know what? I wish we had a better GM as far as drafting and maybe con- uh, structuring contracts. Some of the contracts I like, some of the contracts I don't. But this year, like C- Keith said, how Sam Darnold does, how this team operates this 2019 season, how these draft picks this year play out is all going to be on Mac's shoulders. And like I said on your guys' uh, podcast last week, um, if this team does not win at least six to seven games, at least I mean seven games for me, I want Mac gone. I want Gase gone. I want it all, all, all dug up. I, I, they, they have to execute. My 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 level 
is very, very high for this team. And and it's because of everything we just said. And I'm done with giving excuses to McCagnin. I'm done with the Jets winning three, four, five games. They have to win. They got new uniforms. They just branded themselves. They put New York across the chest. The Giants are in are are, are in chaos. It's time to take the city. It's time to take the spotlight. New York Jets 2019. Let's go. Hallelujah, Mike. Hallelujah. I love it. I love it. I love I love your hoot spot. I love your positive thinking. That's not a normal thing for a Jet fan, so I'm sure the guys appreciate that as well. However, um, you know, we don't even have enough time right now to get in hours and how emotional I felt about that, that it was the worst move of all time. But uh, we can't even talk about the guys right now. That's its own hour podcast, I feel. We talk about the past drafts, but let's get into it. We have this year's draft coming up. It's right in front of us. We're at the precipice. Jets have the number three pick. Giants have the number six pick. Hopefully, you guys don't draft a quarterback and continue spinning down the toilet bowl as your team sinks into oblivion. Forget about that team for a second. The New York Jets. We got the number three pick in a good situation because we already have the quarterback. We got him last year. Sam, golden child, done, hopefully. Boom, let's just put him to the side. We need, to me, the most important, the guys that get paid the most in the NFL, as the guys know, quarterbacks, edge rushers. Yep. They make the most money every single year. Highest franchise tag, highest paid players in the league. We haven't had a, any player on the Jets. We have not had somebody consistently be able to put pressure on the quarterback. And me and Mike went back, guys, and tried to think. I think John Abraham, to me, was the last actual off-the-edge pass rusher teams had to account for every game on the Jets. We've been missing it forever. To me, you don't trade back. You stay at three. You hope in front of you. You know one of the teams, you know one of these two picks in front of you is going to be one of the quarterbacks. Oh, okay? So, either Bosa or Allen, or if you want to go Quinn and Williams, that's fine too, but I'd I'd rather have Bosa or Allen because they're coming off the edge. To me, if, if you stay at three, you take one of those guys, I'm not really looking to trade back unless... You're trading back to another spot in the first round, but you can also get an edge rusher. Because that's what we've been, we've been missing that forever. And it seems like our defense now, the way the defense is set up, which even though I talk a little bit smack about Tremaine Johnson, the end of last year, he did play good. Okay. Um, the rest of the secondary, like we said, Marcus May, Jamal Adams, decent enough. Our linebackers, you know, we have Williamson, we have CJ Mosley, who's a monster. Linebackers should be good. We don't have that speed rusher. We don't have the edge rusher. To me, if we're sitting at three, it's kind of a no-brainer. That's the direction we're going. But I definitely want to hear what you guys think. Should we trade down, try to get some value? Do we sit at three, grab the edge rusher? Who do you think we should take, guys? All right, hey, so I like the concept of the edge rusher, too. Uh, I think, Mike, you laid out a few trade partners right now. Um, you want to run through those real quick and, and see who we all think is the best trade partner possible? Because I think what, what scenarios do we really have? Well, we got the G-Men. We've got the Red. We got the G-Men at six. We got the Redskins at fifteen. Cincinnati at eleven, and the Broncos at ten. All of them may be wanting to get a quarterback. It's very, very difficult right now to read a lot of these different teams. I'm hearing a lot of stuff right now about Haskins and how his lack of experience playing the football is weighing in on a lot of these teams. But a lot of them love his accuracy. They love his his ability to make throws. So we could potentially trade with one of those teams I don't think the G-Men are going to do it if I could have my way I would trade with the G-Men and take 6 and take 17 that would be and and maybe like a fit, a third that would see that, that would be Mike, that, that scenario yeah. or we can we can all sign up for that cuz that's 6 they could still take they could still take sweat Mike at 6 get a get yeah. an edge russer then at 17 draft a monster offensive lineman and we're all happy and that's yes. Yes, but we who knows? Redskins, I'm hearing, are going to trade for Rosen, potentially. I, I, wh- who knows? But the Broncos and Cincinnati right now 
you know, those two teams look very, very hungry for a new quarterback. Um, so that's what I think the G-Men would be the best scenario to trade or potentially the Broncos or Cincinnati or Redskins if they give us a, a lot of draft compensation. And I'm talking multiple multiple firsts and, and seconds. But we kind of set the precedent last year because we moved, like just last year, we moved from six to three and we gave up, what was it, Mike? We gave up two seconds and we gave up our first last year. So if that's the asking price, we're, we might not get a first. But the thing is that Last year when we were at six, we weren't in a desperate situation because at six we could still get a quarterback. Where this year, there's only, I mean, I know there's Jones, I know there's Locke too. Those are lower in the first round guys. When it comes to top of the first round talent, guys, quarterbacks, guys, things could be a home run. This draft is just Haskins and Murray. So the need, if you need a quarterback, you're probably going to have to pay more this year than the Jets did last year. So I don't know how you guys feel about doing a trade with the Giants. That's kind of just, to me, a little bit weird. It just feels weird. You know, I just, I I don't even remember, like, just, I don't want to help the Giants at all. However, if in the long run, best case, it helps us the most. I get it. I know Haskins, to me, you throw 50 touchdowns in the Big Ten. I don't really know what questions people have. You, that's like, like you know, after the SEC, that that's impressive to me, especially the Big Ten, where the defenses and the, and the Big Ten are just as good as the SEC. Well, almost just as good as the SEC. And you're playing in cold weather. You're playing tough games all year long. I, to me, I think he's the best quarterback in the draft. Haskins. I do. Too. It'll, it'll all be proven. I know Kyler Murray. You know, he's five foot ten, 197 pounds, whatever the hell he is. Right. He might be drafted first. The other, the other options you laid out when it comes to the Redskins or the Broncos. Do you think we, if we go down that far, we can still get an impactful player? Or do you think if we, we, the Giants, I think to me at least, would be the most the most logical trade partner, even though it'd be the strangest trade partner we could have? At 10, at 11, and at 15, we absolutely can grab somebody. There's so much depth. I mean, we could grab Andre Dillard. We can go grab Noah. We can grab one of those tight ends if we really wanted to. We could go grab uh, Jonah Williams. We can grab we can grab Jonah Williams. We can we can even grab Garrett Bradbury, the center. Um, there's a lot of, of, of there's a lot of depth in this draft. At, at the very very top, there's some really good talent, but there's so much talent, you know, as for, at pass rusher that we really can go anywhere in this draft and and find somebody to impact our team um but honestly at the very very top i'll be honest um i know that quinnon williams is considered to be the best player in this draft besides joey bosa and the position of d tackle versus edge if you had a very good edge to a great edge you know, a good edge is still going to be impactful. If you have a good D-tackle to and not a great D-tackle like we see with Leo Williams, how much value are you really adding? So for me, I'll go get the edge. He may not be as good as, as, as Williams, but he plays at a position that brings a lot of value if they're even a good good at where they're at. And I think Josh Allen is that player. So what do you, what do you think about if, if you were to trade down Montez Sweat? Oh, I love it. Pass rusher, a little underrated. You can still get what you need. I don't think the Jets would ever do it. I don't think the Jets would ever do it. But there is some value we had. I'm terrible about Jets with the more and more I see here. I love him. His, he has a heart he condition. Killed Yo, Mike, he killed yeah. the combine. Montez Sweat. We did a combine. We did a combine uh, podcast. We're gonna boy on that combine expert. We're gonna do his numbers. He he like literally was like a metahuman, just like DK Metcalf. He was levitating above the field as he was running around. Um, so if we can get him, that's tremendous, you know, and there's so many, you know what I wanted to mention to you guys, have you noticed that we have not, the Jets, besides Sam Darnold, right. I know we drafted Sanchez back in the day, the Jets have not drafted like an impactful 
offensive player at the top of the draft? I cannot even remember. Altoon? We're not going back to the 80s. Right? It's been sooner than that. But if they could, if they could swing some way to, I mean, a lot, there's a lot of good receivers in the draft, and a lot of the receivers probably won't be picked to the end of the first round, the second round. I know we don't have a second round pick right now, but I don't know if they're looking receiver or not. Right. But it wouldn't even be crazy to me if they did make a trade with the Giants. Say you go to six, and at six you take Sweat, which to me he'll be there, and oh. that'll be the best edge rusher at that point. Oh, of course. And then gets to 17, Metcalf, Harry, all these receivers will still be there. And all I want them to do is surround Sam. Get Sam nice I want seat. Sam just to be like in a perfect, just like lap of luxury, amazing players around him, as easy as possible. So that's another way they could potentially go if they do make a trade. But they're so, they're, it's so funny because before the NFL draft, guys, just, just like the Giants, for instance, they have feelers now. All you hear is that the Giants have no interest in Haskins. Giants aren't drafting a quarterback. Giants aren't doing this. Giants aren't doing that. And many teams do the same thing because now it's about your poker face. And that's smart. You don't want to give away leverage, even though Gettleman has seemed to do the complete opposite of that in other scenarios. Whatever the case may be. So you don't really know until the day of the draft where teams stand. So at this point in my life, sign anyone. Do any trade. Do anything you got to do. Mike, all we want to do is win. And that's what it comes down to. All right, gosh, that was another amazing edition of Ain't Easy Being Green podcast. I want to thank... CJ, Carlos for joining us. You guys basically hit a home run. Hit it out of the park, as I expected. You brought so much more energy than Wookie has ever brought that I'm questioning you ever being on the show again. Hey, no, no, it's a known thing. You got here? My energy level's like here, always. You know what, actually, he was pretty sober this episode, so this time, this time the energy level was was strong. Guys, tremendous job, as always. Let everybody know, we're going to hear your podcast, find your podcast, if anybody wants to listen to you guys, Get at you, tweet at you, let the people know where they can do that. Right, absolutely. Uh, I am CJ the Painkiller D. Simone. I am joined, as always, by my partner in crime, my co-host, my right seater, Carlos Man Sardinas. You can follow us on Twitter at CNC Jets Factor. You can follow Carlos at CS Sardinas. You can follow me at Jets Fan 0523. You can shoot the show an email to JetsFactor at gmail.com. We broadcast on Spreaker.com forward slash sports war radio every Sunday pretty much anywhere between 9 a.m. 11 a.m. all depends on when we feel like going live and yes we actually do do a live show so when go sideways and people get dropped so but that but that's the cool thing about doing it live we love taking questions on the on the air we love uh, interacting with people on Twitter on Facebook you can catch us on SoundCloud.com yeah, man, everybody that listens to us, man, their podcast every single week is absolute home run. The guys bring the energy. They love the Jets. They know yeah. the Jets. They've been through the pain just like all of us. And you can hear when they talk about it, guys, just like all Jets fans. And Michael, when it comes to us, let's shill our product slightly. Where can people reach us? We're hosted on the Elite Sports Radio Network. You can find us on SoundCloud iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Spreaker.com. Please follow us on Facebook at AEBG.JetsRadio, on Twitter at AEBG underscore NYJ Podcast, and on Instagram at Jet.AEBG. You heard the man on behalf of Michael Agaris, CJ Carlos, the man behind the glass, the big stinking Wookiee. My name is Keith Farrell. Thank you for joining us, everybody. Peace out. Are you ready? The New York Jets can beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. The New York Jets. I think Jet fans. Jet fans. Jet fans. Bird, ready, bird. Very passionate. Bird, ready, bird. Thank you, all you fans. They got their guy. Darnold falling to the Jets. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. That's such an upside. Darnold.
Because ain't Jeff Andrew. Brady sucks. Y'all beat us up. Y'all are an unbeliever.